Hey! Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. So, since we talked last time, you got a promotion. Yes, I did. Uh, kind of a sh- kind of a shift in uh, like focus in the gaming industry for me. I've been testing for almost almost ten years, and now I'm more. Uh, this is more focused on publishing. So I know we talked a little bit about. I think how you ended up getting hired in some of the companies that you worked for last time. But after we quit talking, I realized mm-hmm. that I didn't ask you anything about what your daily job was like. The only thing that mm-hmm. I would say most people think I'm sure you've seen grandma's boy. Have you, oh, you haven't. No. <laughs> you should. It's a movie about, no, I think it's one of those old Adam Sandler produced movies. And it's all about these dudes mm. working as video game testers. And, you know, it mm-hmm. gives a really stupid account of what it's like. Obviously, it's all a joke. But I'm interested in what you do. Not now. I'm interested in that too, but we'll get to that. But nine years, 10 years as a video game tester. I picture you just go to work and run through the same section of a game over and over and over. Like, is it more than that? Cause that sounds so mind numbing. Like it doesn't sound fun to play so, video games all day <laughs> in that fashion. So you have like different parts to it. I always worked as embedded QA, which essentially means I'm next to the developers. They have like basically, hey, I put this new shit in. Can you test that it works? Yes, it works. And then try to get, you know, the synergy with everything. So that's kind of like, I've been lucky in not being just a tester, but a properly quality assurance Are you actually tester. physically side by side with uh, them? Like, a okay, like a duo there. Yeah. Same room on like one setup, yeah, making changes, and then you're on the other setup actively playing what they just corrected. Yeah, implement. Are they asking for yeah, your exactly. advice? So you ever like okay, cool. Yes. Uh, so that's that's usually something we deal with, like game designers. So they would like you know make up a system, then you know it would make be made into like a task for a programmer to implement. And then we would test it. It's like, okay, is, is this you know, good, bad? How would this work with the rest of the game, et cetera, et cetera? And then you would have sessions. It's very different from company to company, obviously. And some companies we would do like, you know, daily play sessions with a lot of people internally. It also depends a little from like what kind of game it is. You know, if you have a multiplayer game, you want, you know, multiple people to play it, obviously, et cetera, et cetera. And embedded QA is usually a quite a small pool of testers. And then once you get, you know, closer to like a big milestone, you're going to, you know, have uh, some sort of public or some sort of like benchmark testing or something. Then you would move it into a bigger pool of uh, t- um, testers just to like you know get all the small kind of bugs and stuff out of it etc 
but then the big framework would already been there. So my daily routine would come in in the morning, do like a fast playthrough of the game, take maybe 20 minutes to half an hour to check that it's like, you know, is it playable today, essentially? And then we would say, okay, what's new? What needs to be, you know, thoroughly checked? And then there's a lot of exploratory testing after that, finding edge cases and stuff like that as well. And then depending on the title, it could be like, I do one platform, my co- my colleague does another platform, and then we'd end up, you know, running like four or five smoke tests on all different platforms. Do you find a lot of shit that would work on PlayStation 4 but won't work on Xbox One? Or does work on PS4 but doesn't work on PS5? Uh, PS5 I've never tested. Uh, but I tested a lot on... Uh, um, uh, PS4 and uh, what's the the previous uh, the previous gen Xbox I don't remember but we tested a lot on those like hand in hand that was like my main main thing for a lot of time because nobody wants to test consoles it's very uh, it, it <laughs> it's way messier than testing PC you know so uh, so we did I I did PlayStation and I had another coworker who sat next to me that was doing. Uh, xbox and we did a lot of that like side by side and every time you would find something it's like okay this is fucked for me does it work for you etc and most of the time it's like it's very same okay you would have the same issues unless when you would have you know system like specific system configurations like you know how you have the the rich presence and stuff on the xbox side and stuff like that that is very xbox features then you would have because specific parts on specific consoles is messier so to speak they have their own kind of quirks but in general like performance and stuff like that was usually pretty some of the bugs especially in bigger games some of the weird shit that i've heard of i'm always curious how you guys ever remember like let's say that you have to be this far in the game and completed these specific quests but not these specific quests and you have to be wearing this piece of armor and it has to be this time of day in the game and then you go to this certain place and then your game gets fucked up like how do you know that combination of things and how does the guy next to you like if you were to say, hey, go to this spot and wear this armor and he goes there and nothing happens, everything's fine. But it's because he didn't complete a quest that you completed. How do you narrow that shit down? So most of this stuff, it's like, OK, you I, I you know, I crashed or something got fucked up. OK, what did you do before? So usually you would go on with the same like presets to start with and just kind of narrow it down. OK, what did you specifically do for this to happen? And then it's just kind of walking your way back backwards. Was this job fun? And uh, it's been very, very interesting. <laughs> okay, okay, and okay. <laughs> and I, I have thought it was okay. really, really fun. But I have also specifically never tested games I would play. I was going to ask you that next. Have you ever 
played? I would never. never okay. Ever, ever. So the experience of <laughs> testing it ruins all desire to play it upon release. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just see the bugs. <laughs> and then you end up, you know, so there's always like a portion of bugs that always made it into the final project. They can't fix everything. And then you have like a timeline and then and the end is like, okay, what needs to be fixed to push this out on, you know, this date when it needs to be out? Because there is obviously, you know, that thing is like, it needs to be out. And then you end up with like, yeah, but you know, we have this like bugs that we know is in there. Like, oh, we have this crash that is in the game. It's out there. It's live now, but it has to go live because we have the date that this needs to be out. And the problem, it was also becoming like, you know, playing games on my spare time. Sometimes, you know, I would have to kind of take a step back and try to relax when playing. It was like, I was like, oh, bug, 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 oh, this, 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 this. And I was like, okay, so, I had to stop. And then at a certain period of time, there was a lot of double A games and they I would constantly find like crashes and crashes. And I was like, okay, can I stop trying to, you know, work when I'm home? Because this is getting you're, annoying. You catch yourself playing the game at home but doing shit that you would do at work to try to break it yeah <laughs> yeah or like see see just look look at things that nobody play in the right mind would look at right. when playing a game right i, I was because i was remembering i was playing the quarry um for like a, a month ago and the first time i realized oh this is like a skinning issue in this cutscene, and it's like Nobody looks at this guy's armpit like here because you're like drawn to see these stupid things. And then the game has been out for four months and it's like a big visual thing. And it's like, you know, how can you have missed miss this? Oh, and obviously the QA did not miss this. They know this, but somebody has decided like, okay, fuck it. It's on right. the visual. We're going to push so- it out. And that's always, always how it is. And then you end up. So that's why you are always going to, as a QA, know that like okay, don't buy game on release because there is so much shit in that. Wait a month and then they fixed like the the. How big does it make least. you feel when, like the Skyrim version on PS3 still doesn't work? Like it's been <laughs> yeah. ten years and that game still yeah. doesn't work. Is that like Bethesda gets so much leeway? people will play these games that have these horrible bugs. And then like the PS3 case, after you make it a certain length in the game, it just won't play anymore. And I mean, that's just like, they just paid and it's on there and it's like, whatever. Do they, so (laughs) people excuse it because they say the game is so good that I can overlook these bugs. Mm. But you, you're saying that they know that all this shit is in the game oh, yeah. and they just say, can they not fix it? Or are they not willing, not the PS3 thing, but like their other stupid shit. Are they just not willing to spend the money and the time to fix it? So I think Bethesda specifically, they probably have some, so much problem with their, you know, engine and it would require them to refactor so much going backwards into their engine to fix things and it's like it's not gonna be worth it for them to spend that so they're just trying to you know patch the patch, patch the holes with band-aids <laughs> and hope it's still the boat still floats a while more 
and then after the entire you know fallout 76 thing it's like you know i can't you know yeah i don't know would it benefit them this is just an opinion to update or rebuild their engine not to fix old games but to benefit you know elder scroll 6 or fallout 5 like should they do that I mean, now they have, you know, Xbox and infinite money, so one would hope (laughs) so. Yeah, you would hope. (laughs) But it's like, you know, you know, it's like priorities. It's like, you know, do they have to? They probably should, but do they have to now people to buy their games? So I think that if I was running it, I'd be like, no, we have to. This is embarrassing, but you're right. People don't really care. People just no. look past it, and I guess that's. that's I mean, cool. look at the like the, the the prime example, which is like, uh, uh, CD Project Red Cyberpunk what called Cyberpunk, which is like an absolute like shit show. But it, I mean, it was pushed so far that you know Sony took it off their platform and everything, <laughs> and that's like that's it, like never happened. So I mean. Obviously, they could not pay them enough money to, you know, leave it there. So, did you play it? No. Okay. Aside from no. the bugs, that game was so boring that it wasn't uh, a yeah. good game, regardless. Uh, no, I, 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 I watched the, I watched the anime instead. Yeah, people seemed to. I thought that was pretty cool. Love it. <laughs> uh, I thought that one was pretty cool, and then I was like, "Would I like this game?" No, probably no, it's not. It's nothing like. I, I guess that the anime has brought a lot of interest back to the game, but the game was nothing like the anime was not, not to me like no. that high paced, fast action. Like there's none of that in the game. The gameplay is just like fallout. Like you have to loot every container. You have to loot every person. It's like, Oh, this is really slow. This moves really slow. Yeah. Speaking mm-hmm. of, you're probably not going to say anything about this. But you dropped a little hint about my thoughts on Starfield. Mm-hmm. And I asked if you played it and you gave me like a little wink. Is there is, is there anything that you can say about it? Yeah, in four years, <laughs> then my contract okay. runs okay. out. Okay. <laughs> You're not even allowed to say if you've played it or not played it. Uh, I can say that I never played Starfield. Oh, okay. Okay. And I think at this point we've seen the same amount of it because now they've shown okay. stuff of it. Okay. Well. Yeah, they released that gameplay footage. I didn't even bother. I don't... <laughs> I mean, I end up playing almost everything, but we'll see. I mean, like, the only Bethesda studio... I really loved working at Machine Games, but there was a Bethesda studio, and they were really, like, great people, and they do really great stuff, and they have, to this day, one of the best kind of, like, game directors and people that, you know, talked and, like, worked with. Uh, And I have full respect for them, but the only studio that has the games I'm interested in is still going to be Tango. If they keep doing horror games, otherwise it's going to be a no-go for me and for the Bethesda in general. Did you like that, Ghostwire? 
I thought it was fun. It felt very uh, filler build. Yeah, that's what I heard. Because it was rushed. Uh, I also know that it was, you know, kind of messy. But I also got to play that like a year and a half in advance, so I kind of know what to expect when it came out. When you're when you're side by side with the developers working on the game, are they open to your ideas to make the game better? Not from a glitch or bug standpoint, but like, hey, this is really boring. Maybe we could do this, or is there some kind of ego involved where they? don't want to hear your shit so you have some people are willing to listen for sure there is uh, depending on from company to company but uh, there is always room to listen and then there is the question if they have uh, you know willing to you know take your feedback and do something with it and have time to act upon it because mm. you have that as well like it depends on when you get like the earlier you get to be in and say something, the bigger chance it is to you have something to nudge it in a certain direction. But it's very from company to company. It sounds like you're saying that everything that we as the consumers would bitch about, they're aware of. Even if oh, even yeah. if it's like this is boring or I don't like this, they're aware that it's yes. not good. They just maybe don't have the time or the money to do anything about it. Yes, I would say probably like nine out of ten. It's that. Okay. If it's a smaller company, maybe not. But the bigger the company, the 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 bigger the bigger the chances that they are aware where where the problem is. And then there is like always some sort of like you know one year live roadmap thing going on forward on like when they're gonna put what what in and what where. What were your? Uh, did you work the same? time same shifts every day was it like a yes, eight to five work, job yeah i worked eight to five okay except when it's like you know close to release when it's like adding a couple of hours but i have been lucky and kind of missed the most of the crunch <laughs> i've done some but definitely not like a lot i think sweden is quite like nice in that sense we don't have that a lot of forced crunch especially you know I also work for specifically Swedish companies. I never worked for Dice, for example. So, and I've heard that's been you know awful from people that work there. And that's why when I started working at my so when I was leaving my first spot, I I was working with an engine program, and he's like, I can help you like you know like write up a resume and stuff that we've done here. And so, but whatever you do, never work for Dice. <laughs> I was like, point taken. <laughs> Are, and it's just being you know nudged along so are you on a salary that wouldn't change if you're working more hours or are you compensated if you do stay late uh from from company to company it's different yeah usually you get a little something sweden doesn't have any sort of of all the countries that i've heard about from people sweden the way you described it sounds the most conscious of its people Yes. Are there labor laws in effect that, like, if you were forced to work 65 hours this week, there are, are there or aren't there situations where people wouldn't get paid anymore for that? 
They are. There's also uh, you are not allowed to work more than certain hours per week, etc. You have to have like rests in between. No matter stuff what, like that as well. No matter what. Uh, what is that amount different based on industry, or is there like a flat amount? It's like a flat amount. Do you know what it is? I don't remember. I've never been in that. Situation. You've never. You've never hit it. No, okay. and I also been like you know. Since I got into the gaming industry, it was about the same time almost as I started to get kids. And then it's always been like, you know, okay, it's five o'clock, I'm going home. And nobody's been able to, you know, push back on it or anything. And I've been like, if I want to help out, I can help out when it's been something specific. But other than that, you know, it's five o'clock. You don't get Bye. you don't get the guilt of like, hey, you're not a team player. Hey, you're not hanging out. No, and I've been lucky, never been like guilt tripped either or anything like that. I mean, I've stayed over, but I can, you know, maybe count them and, you know, my two hands how many times. So you've heard about that Japanese shit where the people that leave first are looked at as like the worst employees. <laughs> yeah, and you can never like, leave before shit. your boss. Yeah, left. can you imagine? Like, I, fuck. <laughs> that's such, of all the things between the different cultures. Like that's the one that hits me the most. Like, the- but it's really interesting because they don't like. I've heard that they don't care that much. Uh, like at the work you're doing, but you just have to be there, <laughs> right? Like, there's people even just if in you're an like office, the- just sitting. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I remember uh, it was it was a coworker to me that ha- was working on a game franchise. Let's not name names. Uh, but he was working from Japan, but in a different time zone. So he was leaving the office like extremely late because he was staying for meetings. Oh, yeah, B- yeah. Because he was had meeting with a different time zone. And he was like, why has nobody gone home yet? <laughs> <laughs> so he had to go across the street to a restaurant and sit for people to start leaving the office. <laughs> and then he would come back and have his meetings. <laughs> Otherwise, they wouldn't go home. It's amazing that that hasn't fallen apart over there. Uh, that yeah. it's still I mean, that way now. I mean, I guess the you know suicide rates and whatnot, you know, burnout. So, has your work schedule changed at all with the promotion, or is it still just uh, same eight to five? No, it's still same eight, okay. uh, eight to five. So I I can like. I can start between 8 until 10, essentially. And then I would leave, you know, between 5 and 7. Do you have to announce it? Like today I'll be uh, in at 9.30? Or can you just show up whenever you want between 8 and 10? I can show up whenever (sighs) I want. And then it's it's, uh, my responsibility to have uh, working those, you know, 8 hours off. Right, right. But you can come and go in that two-hour window. Yeah. People would kill so for just, that. So I just set it as, you know, I'd be in at eight, so I can leave at five. Right. Yeah, yeah. Man. So what you're doing now is a completely different job. Yes. Now it's completely different. Now I just work as... Uh, setting up uh, new products and all platforms, etc., etc., making sure you know they have all, all the necessary you know assets and uh, builds and you know set up you know pricing, etc., et, like all that kind of stuff. Is it still? 
are you just in an office in a chair most of the yes. day? Yeah. I work from home if I want oh, to, to two days a week. Dude, that's cool. And that wasn't because an I have a, before. I have like, a, no, I don't think it was before the pandemic. And after that, it's been like, and my company as well. It's very like kind of flexible if you want to. As long as the work gets done, you know. Is Which one do you enjoy more between the two? My new one or my old one? Right, right. So I like my new job much better. It's more uh, opportunities to you know learn more and do different kind of things. But it's also because I did the same the previous one, you know, for so very long. so long. And now I would always do the same. Before it was very dependent on what kind of games we were making. And then it's like, okay, do I even enjoy this genre? It doesn't matter because, you know, the company is making this game. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, no, that's this again. Oh, please make it stop. Is there any creativity involved with what you're doing now? Or is it kind of just like shuffling files uh, back it's and forth? Very, it's very, now it's very, uh, like, um, you know, knowledge-based knowing all the platforms and knowing all the rule work. like It's more like stuff like that now compared to where it was before. I saw that you just went to England, but I know you went to see your girlfriend. Yes. So I don't want to make you talk about personal shit. If you don't want to talk about personal shit, but do you? Okay. Now I can talk a little bit about the trip. So, the first uh, the first stop I did was for work. So I was working there for three days and we had a, a launch party for one of our new titles. Uh, so I went to Liverpool just came for out. the first time in my life. So this was launched in uh, this was launched in August. Don't know why the <laughs> okay, trip okay. was pushed. Uh, but and then I just like, you know, is it okay if I just stay for vacation for two more that weeks? Easy. And they were like, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. And then after that, I went to see um, my girlfriend who lives outside of Manchester. So I got to see, a, I've been to England okay. before, but only London. So I got to see a completely different part of England, which, uh, which was really nice. But, you know, the most amazing thing was to, you know, see her for the first time. We've been talking for like over a year. I thought you guys had met meeting. previously. I knew just... that. Okay. No, well, this was awesome. the first time. So that was just really amazing to be able to spend so much, you know, time together and just like see where she lives. I got to meet her parents and, you know, her siblings and stuff like that. And she would always show me around. And we went to do, so they have, you probably have something similar in the US, but yeah, yeah. scare farms, which is like, you know, yeah. for Halloween, that kind of stuff, uh, which was really, really fun. We don't have anything like that proper in Sweden at all. No, so we don't it's not barely celebrate there's no, Halloween. There's no trick here. or treating, and there's no kids mm-hmm. getting candy. No. Like, no. No, no, no. I mean, there's like, you know, the Halloween party and, you know, maybe some <laughs> decorations if you're lucky. But it's very, is it a big very thing scarce. in England. So, uh, it, it was with the scare farms, but in general, not huge huh. either. 
I mean, I tried to make the most of it. I would hope it would be more, but you know, she showed me around and we found a lot of. So this was your first experience ever with like the haunted house type theme where where you pay and walk through something and they try to scare you. Yeah. So we have, uh, we have that in uh, Gröna Lund, which is like Stockholm's biggest, uh, like, like amusement park thing. They do a thing for Halloween. But then it's very mm-hmm. like, you know, for younger, like, you know, 13 year olds kind of thing. So I've done that a couple of times and it was like, you know, kind of cozy, <laughs> but kind of snooze fast. So it was not really anything. And this, when they actually, you know, put some effort into it and some of them have like animatronics, a lot of them have people yeah. chasing you with chainsaws. Did, okay, so it's like really fun. And they had proper chainsaws, right, they don't have but the chain not on with them. the chain on it. That's what I wanted, I guess, since <laughs> yeah, you brought yeah. that up. Someone like you that lives in that horror lifestyle. That's not the right word, but you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How could going to something like that actually freak you out or does it not freak you out? You just enjoy the atmosphere of it. So I'm just going to say, like, you know, it didn't freak me out at all. I wasn't scared at all. No, that's complete bullshit. Uh, it got me a few times, but it was just really gotcha. fun soaking in gotcha. the atmosphere. Like, really, like, being in, even though, even if it felt like being in, like, you know, cheesy right, B-movie like kind that. of like thing. It was still, like, yeah. But it was just, like, really nice kind of soaking in the atmosphere. And they had one specific one that is the one I... I uh, I put my girlfriend out and we ran out because it was like you went went into the like the last room and then you had a guy like kicking in the door with a chainsaw and I was like oh very like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and she I mean she still you know makes fun of me for it but I I thought it was like so much fun and then it was one where we went through when they had you know animatronics and big monsters and stuff like that very like cheesy but just the atmosphere was so nice. And like kind of soak that so in. There's multiple really cool. different. These aren't all on the same like plot of land. You were going to specific different ones throughout the trip. Yes, okay. we went to two uh, different ones and then each one oh, had four. Okay. We went to one last that night. You kind of went through. And it's, you know, in our little. Oh. I live in a very small town, but they blocked off this one alleyway. Mm-hmm. And so you start at one end of the alley and you come out at the other and in between, you know, same shit. People are trying to jump out and scare you, but it was just Mm -mm. like, I know I'm like a buzzkill with that kind of shit. Cause like, I just paid you to let me in here for you to scare me. Like, why would I, how could I possibly (laughs) like be frightened by this? But the kids kind of enjoyed it. And that was, and I was like, okay, like I get Mm -hmm. it, but it's weird to think you're so used to this shit. I kind of enjoy that you also get a little bit of a scare out of it too. Like as much as you, I mean, definitely you, you get the jump scares. Like they, (laughs) they're always about to get you, especially when you do something for like the first time. Right. (laughs) You know that someone's about to jump (laughs) out of you. (laughs) that's the best when you know you kind of walk into a room it's completely empty it's like 
I know that something's gonna jump me, but where? That's the thing. Like you know where? And you had they had some stuff that is like you know where you walked through something that was like you know painted up looking like a church. Somebody was like had makeup on looking like you know Satan and all that kind of stuff. And then you more go like you know ooh everything looks so cool and I, I like how they did this and the makeup looks so nice. And then in the next one somebody's changing you with the chainsaw. So. How far is Manchester from London? Like if you if you were to drive, do you know? Is it Oh, I have no idea. Did y'all go? So, I know I flew I flew to Manchester. I, we took a cab to Liverpool and then I flew ha- home from Manchester as well. Where is London at? Oh, it's not it's not close mm-hmm. at all. Okay. No, it's on the like other London, like, yeah, see. yep, northwest, yep. exactly side. right. What, how long ago did you go to London? One year okay. before the pandemic, I think, or I think the pan, I think you know, full lockdown was in here, was in like March when everything kind of started. They sent everybody home, and I think it was the fall right before that like six months before that is there a noticeable difference between london british people and british people outside of london i so where she lives i'm not gonna say exactly the town name but where she lives everybody was everybody was like oh hello like every random person you would cross was you know saying hello to you it was kind of weird very like you know small town kind of feeling and i was like nobody says hello to me what did i do <laughs> so that was kind of you know that sensation was kind of odd but once you go into like you know manchester it goes very like you know big city kind of feeling you know everybody more to themselves kind of vibe uh, i really liked walking in manchester that was really nice and then we wanted wanted uh, went to another smaller town it was called halifax and that was also kind of like you know, small town, but not everybody says hello to everybody, but it's, everybody was, it just felt kind of friendly. Do, does it you know? feel like Sweden? So, no, in like a lot of senses. So first of all, everything's in right, English. Right, right. Well, <laughs> no, uh, their version, their no, version of English. Everything look, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, more no, sophisticated, no. right? <laughs> <laughs> no, so like everything just felt like no new and like different in some sort of way. I like a lot of the you know architecture and stuff like that, and like you know, I don't know everything in general. But it felt like yeah, it definitely felt like you know you were some some place new. Everything felt like new. I wouldn't compare it to Sweden in that kind of sense. I'm, I mean, especially not when you go outside of Stockholm. I think once you get into like bigger cities, they kind of get can get a little samey right. with the generic stuff. But you know, obviously they have their own flair and things. But when you kind of got outside, everything looks so different. So in like Sweden, we have a lot of those thick forests. They have a lot of open fields. It's very you know hills up and down. Everything looks very like you know different. So. You learn English through mostly American TV and movies, right? 
Yes, and uh, okay. I would say probably so video games as well. When you see a potato chip, what do you call it? In English, <laughs> it's a chip. I was gonna ask, a crisp, like so, and uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like you know, I I say a, I I say like you know right. a French fry. It's the same. Like they they would say, right. you know, a chip. And I was like, no, <laughs> okay. no, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> and we had a lot of like this, like learning all of these kind of things was like kind of fun as well as like you know, because uh, I am very like grown up, like you say, with like you know the American way of saying like all of these kind of things. Yeah. So, because that's like the English we mostly get to see. But as you well. consider British English to be the more sophisticated. <laughs> I mean, it does sound more sophisticated than it actually is. But when you get into like you know the accents, they get they can be very hard to oh, did understand you have, some of the accents. So did you have some issues with ve- that? Uh, uh, one guy in particular, and that was the guy seating me for the breakfast in the hotel. He had this like uh, Liverpudlian accent, and it was really thick. And he, and I just thought he was mumbling, and I was like, he's making shit up. <laughs> And I was like, food. (laughs) But then it's like, it's harder usually if some of them talk very fast. And then, you know, the the accents get thicker and then it's like, you go like, huh? Oh, wait. And then you kind of have to think for like half a second, okay, what they said, and then you kind of process it. I've been, let's see where I went compared to that. It's not even going to show up on the on the map. It's weird how, like you were talking about the accent, some of those, like the Cockney accent that people really mm-hmm. like, people really give a lot of shit to those people in America that have that like totally mm-hmm. like incomprehensible British accent. Is it mm-hmm. difficult for your girlfriend to understand that shit as well? Or as you grow up in England, you just get used to it? I think you yes, get used to it. I mean, she has the, you know, uh, Manchester accent already as it is. And I remember when we started talking on the phone, I didn't like think of it as a specific accent per se just like you know generic foreigners right. says like right. oh british accent and that's like you know all of it and then you why don't you just kind of start d- digging into it and start listening because they have co-workers that are from liverpool and they sound like and you start to like nitpick on the small things that you know they say and it's like oh yeah they you know he uses this way of saying one thing and then you know uh, she would use another and then you see start to see like similarities and stuff Do like you that. You notice well, that so. is Sweden big enough to have a varied accent between Swedish speakers? So when you have in the go to southern you get like the skåne it's very like thick accent, you know, kind of Danish kind of vibe. Uh 
if, if if I meet someone with a really thick like Scone accent, I would probably not know what <laughs> okay. they're saying either. <laughs> and then you have the opposite, where just basically when you go up to northern Sweden, you get like another type of accent, but that's much easier to understand. It's just a little you know slower paced. I think that's mostly what it has to do with. If you know they get like a thick accent and then you know talk really fast, and you're like, no, no, you're just mumbling, I'm just making shit up. Yeah, we get a lot of that here, but. I've always based that off of just how massive the country is. Like it would only make sense that, that we'd have a multitude yeah, yeah. of different ways of speaking, but I would probably say there's like, like five. And I mean, you just named like three from Sweden and three from England. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think like usually you probably, I mean, you probably have, you know, a one, ish something in every state i would say something like that and like with like you know small differences that you wouldn't pick up on unless you start to actually maybe look for it was there anything that you ate there that absolutely disgusted you Mm, no i think i was quite lucky with all the food and, you know, I was lucky enough to try a lot of her dad's, like, you know, home-cooked food, which was really, really delicious. So that was really nice. Yorkshire pudding um, in Manchester? Uh, yeah, no? I never tried Yorkshire Dude, pudding. <laughs> my mom used to no. make it on, like, Thanksgiving or Christmas, like, major holidays, because I guess it was a very time-consuming thing yeah. to make. But I used to love it. And... Mm-hmm. It's been, I don't know, it's probably been like 20 years since I've had it, but it's still, I looked at the, uh, like an online recipe, how to make it. And apparently it is like super difficult to make because people don't know what it is. It's like a muffin, but it's not a muffin. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause I, my, my girlfriend sh- showed me a picture <laughs> of what it is kind of. And I was like, it's. I think she said it was. Sorry, it's really I completely fucked this up. Uh, but it's supposed to be make of the same batter as you make like a pancake or something like that, and then you're supposed to put yeah, stuff in the, it or whatever. The uh, middle is. Never... It's it's wet, but it's not doughy. It's like yeah, yeah. stretchy, almost like a cheese consistency, but it doesn't taste. And it's really airy like a croissant and fluffy mm-hmm. Dude, they're so weird but yeah i guess making them is like a real challenge and i'm horrible with any kind of like baking type stuff but i miss it yeah i can imagine if you haven't had it for 20 years but we have a lot of you know <laughs> disgusting food in sweden as well so i shouldn't yeah. say a lot yeah so. <laughs> i remember hearing about it I mean, we have the blood pudding, which is like, you know, the, a, a, it's the pudding of blood and uh, flour yeah. kind of thing that you bake. And it looks like a tiny little loaf and it looks disgusting. It was like the classic thing you got in school. It's like, oh, nice. And it's supposed to eat it with lingonberry jam oh, and see, bacon. When I was in Austria, everything had lingonberries on it. And that, that shit doesn't exist here. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it available, but it's so good that 
we have that a lot. That's like a classic thing when you have with you know the Swedish meatballs and like uh, mashed potatoes what? thing. You used to have it like with a gravy so- with a gravy sauce and then lingam with the meatball. <laughs> really? Yes. I don't picture those going yeah. together at all. But okay. <laughs> That, that, that's like the, the classic thing when you're supposed to have with the meat, meatballs. I think if you're doing the meatballs properly, you're also supposed to kind of boil them a little bit in the gravy sauce so they get a little right, right. nicer as well. But the, the lingonberry uh, jam is also a little more sour, so it's not as sweet as, you know, a strawberry jam or something like that. So that's why we used it a lot, I think, as, you know, not just you know, for sweet, but it's for like savory cooking as well. Do you give a shit? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Same with, uh, uh, same when we. I, I remember I used to get the uh, meatloaf after like my grandparents when my grandma used to make it. We we didn't have the lingonberry either gel or um, like a jelly kind of thing, or it was um, uh, the lingonberry. I gel. bet you the the Yorkshire pudding with lingonberry would be excellent. Yeah, I can imagine so. Does she have any plans to come to Sweden? Uh, we are discussing it at this point. Maybe I can't. If you want, say me want me to say exact date, but hopefully okay. before Christmas. Cool. Has she has she been to Sweden before? To... No, she's never been to Sweden before. Did you do any? What do you call the sport? with the ball that you kick around. <laughs> okay, okay. Football. <laughs> the one you call So even something. though, what's the Swedish word for it? Is it, is it just football? Okay. Football. It doesn't, it doesn't. Okay. Yeah, it's the same. Foot. But even though you learned English. And we, we would call, so we would call yours. American football. American so, football. Soccer isn't even a thing that exists. Yeah. No. The, I remember the first, the time I heard that word, I think it was the video game Pro Evolution <laughs> right. Soccer, and I was like, "Why is this called soccer? <laughs> What's wrong with it?" Do you are you into sports at all of any sort? No, not anymore. I I've never really been. Uh, I tried to do uh, like I was into hockey as a right. you know kid. And then I was into the goalies, and then I was into the masks, and then, you know, it kind of spiraled away from there. So maybe Very that's fast. where this all came but from. I used to sit... Yeah. So I used to collect the hockey cards. Okay. Uh, I have a lot from, like, 90... I think it's 91 to 93, like, between right. these years. I have, like, a box still with all of them in, like, pristine condition that I collected yeah. back then. I had a bunch of that, and then I gave it to my my cousin maybe i was like just get this shit away mm-hmm. from i have been carrying it around for 30 years i was like why do i still have this stuff i'm like hauling it from house to house i was like just take it yeah, yeah just yeah. get rid of it they lied to us man they told us i'll oh, just save this stuff you know it's gonna <laughs> it's worth something nobody ever day. told me that my nes games were going to be worth hundreds of dollars though no i just got rid of that oh, shit no, no, no. yeah i know I think now also like, you know, PS1 games, specifically horror games are worth so much money now. Because they get so, 
Like, also because a lot of them was like rare releases, like all oh, this one game, it was only released in you know Japan and North America. And then there's like a specific one called Kuon that From Software did back in the day. And because, you know, Dark Souls and shit blow up, it's like, oh, they did a horror game? Everybody wants that. It's like, it went, you know, nobody bought it right. back then. So they, there's re- like, no copies of it whatsoever. And if you find one, it's like, you know, going to cost an arm and a leg. It's a PlayStation point, so. 1 game? It's a PlayStation okay. 2 game. Huh. What does it go for? And I... I mean, they probably go for like, you know, two, two yeah. $300 or something, if you're lucky. And then I think, because the, the first the first Silent Hill one on PlayStation 1 goes for like $150 or something like that now. So. It's crazy that people care so much about owning the actual physical edition of that stuff because it's it's right there online for free for anyone who yeah. wants it. You just yeah, click yeah. And, and download. But mm-hmm. it's the same, I mean, it's the same with movies. I mean, look at me. I don't want... Three, three, four, oh. five hundred movies and games and whatnot, and like everything is here. It's like, why do I even own this <laughs> shit? And it's like, you know, I can just click on all these pirate websites and whatnot and watch everything in like Blu-ray quality whatsoever. It's like, no, it still has to be here. I had a question about that. Mm-hmm. You post. It might be daily. It feels like it's daily. Either, either I try. Either clips I try. from I try movies. Daily or panels from comics are mm-hmm. these new acquisitions that you're just receiving like on a constant basis of like this is a new movie oh no? absolutely okay. not okay i was like this dude is spending so much money <laughs> like it's just loaded <laughs> <laughs> so it's usually is more of an activity feed I like especially uh, the stories. Uh, the stories I posted manga usually if I read something, and the movies are the same. Uh, shirts can sometimes be newly acquisitions or fairly new. Uh, I buy them uh, together with uh, my ex-wife because we share the in- uh, because we have to if we have to import it from the US, it's just cheaper to buy it together because the. Tax when it gets here is fucking double the what, shipping cost. So if you buy, so then we just let's split say that it, you huh? buy a twenty dollar DVD from America. Mm-hmm. A DVDs are quite low in tax. Clothing okay, let's worse. let's do clothing then. Say you buy a shirt. If I buy a shirt from mm-hmm. Europe, it costs me like fifteen bucks shipping to get here. But I don't mm-hmm. unless it's included in the price. I'm not paying any sort of extra. Maybe it's like a dollar or two for tax, but your. So yeah. if I buy a shirt, say the shirt is twenty, shipping is fifteen at least, and then I have to pay maybe an additional fifteen when it gets here. And you, I think you started telling me about that last time. But what is, mm-hmm. what is the reason for that tax? Because it's outside of European Union, and I think that. That means Sweden don't have a trading treaty with this country, whatever country it may be. So then I have to, it's not included in the tax we pay and we have to pay tax on it. And this is really shitty because a lot of the stuff that I buy obviously have tax on already. Them already. Right. 
in in you know the US when the thing is made, and then it has to ship here. And now it's the same with the UK, obviously, because they left the European <laughs> Union. I haven't <laughs> seen a single post of anyone that's happy that that happened. How? No, <laughs> but but it's they voted like on it, right? The worst. It was a it was a citizen yeah. vote. Mm-hmm. What is the thought process for the people that wanted to do it? What what was the benefit of doing it? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I think they have, yeah, you know, po- boasting and like, you know, the European Union is weighing us down. And I think it was the, when they had a lot mm. of problems with uh, uh, European um, uh, immigrants coming from like Romania and stuff like that, over and stuff like that. Because that was like a big thing a couple of years yeah. or like right before the pandemic, I do. if you remember. And they came people from other European countries traveling to, uh, you know, more well-off countries and, you know, being beggars and whatnot. And they were allowed to freely it, come into England yeah. because they were part of the EU. And now that they're not, they exactly. need documentation or special. Yeah, you need them like... You need to say basically why are you here? How long are you planning to stay? Can somebody vouch for you if you are here? Because I know if I would go to you know not as a tourist, uh, even as a tourist, I think, but to the U.S., I would have to say why I'm going there, where I'm going to be, who can vouch for you know that I'm there. And obviously, as a tourist, you would you know give like the hotel and like okay, I'm I'm gonna be here for you know this amount of time. I'm a tourist, etc., etc. So. Because they want to make sure, you know, I'm not coming there to, you know, work or, you know, doing anything else. So they like, okay. I've never been to the U.S. I don't know how hard it is to, you know, how many questions you have to answer, but I've heard that it's a lot. Even as a tourist, just to come over here. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. You have to say like, okay, like, where are you staying? Why are you staying here? It's like, okay, tourist, I'm going to stay at this hotel for this amount of time. And then, you know. They probably, if you don't, you know, fly home when you say you're going to fly home, they're probably going to go check on you. I don't know, man. They, <laughs> they just gonna I did that one podcast <laughs> with the dude from Mexico that is just straight up here illegally. And his family mm-hmm. has been here illegally for years and nobody gives a shit. So I don't know if they're going to come after you for staying too long. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. I mean, you, yeah, never, you know. never know. If they find out you work, if you if they would find out you work, I guess they would, you know, hunt you down. Yeah. Or they threaten that they will, and if they do, it's another yeah, thing. Yeah, I think that the punishment, if it does happen, like you can't return for like a very long amount of time. And if you had a reason that you wanted to travel back and forth a lot, I don't, it doesn't seem like a good idea to get in trouble in a different country. No. Like we had no. that. Did you hear about the professional basketball player from here that went to Russia and like took uh, no like THC vape uh, capsules with her, like cartridges or whatever for her vape and that shit? No, I'm not going to say that I can tell you exactly what happened because I'm sure that I don't know the specifics, but she tried to take or acquire some shit in Russia that is illegal in Russia. And then she got put in prison for it. And it's like oh, in, in, Russia, in, in Russian, Russian prison. prison and it's like, well, <laughs> like, but yeah, yeah, it kind of sucks. Yeah. But also you shouldn't 
Like, mm. okay. So you follow Mookie, uh, the tattoo artist, right? On Instagram. Yeah. She wanted me to try to bring a bunch of vape cartridges with me to Japan and they're not legal in Japan. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to bring this shit with me. And she was like, well, will you mail it to me? And I was like, yeah, I'll mail it to you. So I mailed her like one little cartridge and I wrapped it up in a t-shirt and I had to mm-hmm. fill out a customs form. And on the customs form, I was like t-shirt never thinking mm-hmm. that for the amount of mail that another country would get, that there's any way that they would inspect every single piece of mail. Cause I've ordered mm-hmm. very questionable things in the mail here and never <laughs> once have they been confiscated. Never once have I heard anything about it. I've paid for it. And then it's come from China. It's come from Turkey. It's come from Mexico. Like, wherever I needed to get whatever it was from, like it's always shown up. Mm-hmm. I sent one little cartridge and their customs opened it. They opened a, a box that said t-shirt and looked like I wrapped it up like in the t-shirt, you know, like really small. But they must, do you think they saw it through some I mean, sort of, you know, x-ray probably, thing? Probably, but are they really x-raying every package? That comes oh, in? but the, do they, do you know maybe they have dogs to smell it out stuff like that maybe but they're really having a dog smell seen, everything I, you know like yeah but i know because i know i don't remember which country that was because you know you have you know the the tv show where they show like you know the customs and all this kind of shit is from uk and us and border control and all that right. kind of stuff and i know that they have in in this you know, sorting facilities with all the mail, they have people going with dogs and the dogs can pick up this stuff up. Yeah. I wonder if it puts off that kind of scent. Cause it's a glass, it's a glass yeah. case, you know, but, um, but then I would assume it doesn't smell anything, you know, but the dog is a dog, I guess. Well, I don't know. Well, you get fined for it or. So she had police come and I, I don't think they came to her house. I think they called her. And they said, they uh-huh. said, hey, we have this package that's here from you. It has this item in it. There's a version of this item that is legal in Japan. And there's a version that isn't. And I guess what's allowed in Japan is 0% THC. It can have, it can have oh, CBD, yeah. but it can't have THC. And she was like, I need you to send me some kind of like proof of what it is and like on the box that i sent it in it says on the box like zero percent thc and she's like no like the government isn't accepting that they need like a written like statement from the comp and i'm like how am i gonna get that i can't i can't get us they're not gonna send me that shit they mailed the entire package back to me and I gave it away to like a friend. But after I got it back from Japan, she was like, just bring it in your luggage. <laughs> I was like, no way, <laughs> no way. And she, she said she's had friends that have been able to like hide it. But it's like, do you know 
if I spent thousands of dollars to come visit and in the airport, like I get into some shit for trying to smuggle vape cartridges, like, no, like, sorry. Like, and then you get fined and they send you back. <laughs> I'm not risking it. I'm not risking it. No, no, no. But oh, I was, God. I mean, I was legitimately surprised that anything came of it like that, but. Yeah, me too. I mean, I remember, you know, hearing the classic horror stories of people going to, to Thailand and then people get like tricked onto, you know, bringing stuff back to, you know, Sweden or whatever. And then they have, you know, drugs in the thing. Right. And, you know, the drug laws in Thailand is like, you know, ridiculously high sentences. It's like, you know, life essentially if you you got caught on it and i remember that was like a thing because back in like you know 10 probably 10 15 years ago it was like very popular to go to thailand it was like yeah that was the the place to go yeah half of sweden was there like (laughs) it was like everybody was in thailand and then you had all these stories and stuff like that and i was like no fucking not just imagine being stuck in like a like prison in thailand for like 30 years and then pleading for, you know, the Swedish government, you know, please, please help me home. <laughs> Did you ever see that Joaquin Phoenix movie where he and his friends went on some like fantastical island vacation and he got accused of doing something? I don't remember the specifics, but he didn't actually do it, but he ended up in prison there for like 20 years or some shit. And it's like, it's no, like, I don't man, think I've seen that, but it's terrifying. like ultimate. Yeah. That's ultimate horror stories, but it's really interesting though, because like, you know, speaking of re- receiving what you're paying for, etc. So a couple of years ago, you, we got like Amazon Sweden and half of the stuff that is on, you know, Amazon Sweden is, you know, from somewhere else, you know, redirected to Sweden. A lot of this is from Germany, etc., etc. And then I remember when this opened and I found a bunch of horror t-shirts and it's like, oh yeah, good prices are going to ship. And everything is like, you know, both like from China. <laughs> but then it's on Amazon and I was like so surprised that like nothing, you know, gets checked in any sort of way that it's like a thing. I think if anything comes, and all of, if anything comes out of China, I think it's, it's fair. I don't think that <laughs> yeah, yeah, no yeah. one wants to fuck with China. But it doesn't say it's just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like ever since then, it's like every time it's, I have to like if I want to order something on Amazon, I have to go in and like super check it in detail because whatever it is, it can like if it's DVDs, there's no way that it, I can be certain that it has like a language on it. I understand because I've gotten stuff that is like. Japanese DVD and the only subtitle is German and I don't fucking read German. <laughs> so, fuck. Uh, and then like a bunch of stuff like that, like everything, because it's like you redirected everything. So like Amazon Sweden is useless. <laughs> does, does most of the stuff that you're getting through the mail come from Japan or come from America? I try so I've ordered stuff that is either second hand from UK like in some sort of way like UK editions okay. because then I know like especially a lot of uh, manga that's in English uh if it's from uh, I try to not order from US because I get you know the taxes right. 
uh, I also um, my my girlfriend has also helped me get a lot of stuff in the UK. So I ordered stuff to her house, and then you go pick it up <laughs> when I was there. If she were to order merchandise for you to the UK, and then mm-hmm. mail it to you, you wouldn't have to pay. Oh any of those extra taxes right because it would be like a person to person it doesn't matter so if the value is oh it's over i don't remember what it is 15 pounds if the value of what is in the package is above this and that's included with the shipping by the way it's like a total worth (laughs) then i have to it has to be declared and if somebody touches my package that instantly is uh, that instantly is seven dollars just for somebody touching it, and then they I get to pay taxes for whatever is in it. So if she wanted to send you a Christmas present in a couple months, you're going yep. to have to pay taxes on her Christmas present. Yes. <laughs> what happens if you said? I think you said before you don't get the package. You have to go pick it up and pay the taxes, right? Yeah. Oh, so I have to pay them first. So they send me an invoice first. Oh my god! And then I have to pay, and then it's released until some like the pickup point, and then I have to go pick it up. How do they know what's in it? Do they open it? Uh, you have to declare if you send it what's in it, like you did to Japan. If okay. you're if you're if she's sending something, she has to say what it do is. Do they double check it, like when you pick it up, to make sure that? You're not lying about what's no. it? No. Okay. No, I don't think so. So you could <laughs> so, send like a diamond ring and say that it's a magazine, but if you got yeah. if you got caught, you're, if you lose it, oh, you're not you, going to get anything true, back for true, it. True. That's true. you know then because the insurance covers you know the value right? right right because if you if you send it and if I say this thing is worth like you know five pounds or five dollars, and then it's a thing in it that's worth much more, and then it's gone. I'm getting back five yeah. five dollars. Yeah, true. <laughs> Dude, that's she did crazy. that with uh, with one T-shirt for me uh, that she tried to send this way, and it's like you know, still like it's a gamble every time. <laughs> Nothing has been lost yet. So I ordered an art book from Japan, but that one uh, the mail in Sweden never told me that it was here. So it was here for like t- three weeks and then they sent it back and then the company in Japan is like, eh, we just got your book back. And I was like, the fuck? Did you have to pay and to then they had resent? Yeah. And then I p- paid like a higher one to get like proper tracking and everything. But it's basically, so what happened is it came here, it got uh, stuck in t- uh, customs. The customs office never uh, said to me, hey, we have your package. You have to pay for us to release it. And then I obviously never paid it because I never know it was there. And then it got sent back. And they paid to get to, like get it back, right. the company. But I n- never had to pay for that. But I had to pay for them to resend it. I guess that's a small price to pay for paternal leave and family leave and two, oh, yeah. two weeks paid vacation. <laughs> I mean, for sure. So... Okay, one last thing. I know you got to go soon. Oh, yeah. You got the two weeks paid vacation to go to England. Yes. 
does, is that it for you now for the rest of the calendar year? Like what's your limit? On... I get five. <laughs> Jesus, man. But uh, this was my, this was my last vacation. So I get new vacation days every 1st of April. Oh, okay. So you're out now till April. But but you yes. did get and five. Then I get five more weeks. But you did get f- and used five paid weeks of yes. vacation. 25, 25 days. But you also still have family days you could use, right? No. Those are, oh, no. Are those the same? This is it. Yeah, this is it. Okay. The, the family days and, and then the I vacation have, days are the same yeah. days. And then I have, then I obviously have now my kids are a little older, but I have the, you know, dad days. Dad days. Okay. Yeah. But I could, and, and, you know, you have other parental leave days thing that you can take out but those is a thing you have to plan in advance and then the kids can't be going to school or stuff like that either <laughs> you can't lie about it being a family thing and then send your kids to school while you go out <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You sit to play video games all day it's like, right. oh, they're fine. <laughs> no they actually check check is really strict on stuff like that so and you don't want to fuck with uh, it's called for shackling's custom because they will make you pay everything back <laughs> i believe it if somebody's that, if your government is being that generous with that yeah. kind of shit anyway, like you're asking for trouble to take advantage of it. Like you're lucky oh, yeah. here I think so too. to get a week paid vacation at most jobs, you know? So yeah, here, uh, if you get it from like, you know, uh, like a proper full-time job, it's always 20, uh, 25. One of these days. I'm going to reach out to you. Like, just get me a job. Do you know what the uh, requirements are for applying for residency in Sweden? So I think you would have to have, a work, so you have a to have a company visa. that's willing to pay for your work visa since okay. you're outside of the European Union. You can't just want to move there without having a job no. secured. No, it's. Uh, I th- I thought it was super easy, but apparently it's much more difficult okay. than I expected. My my manager is from India, so he's like told told me about the entire process of how bad oh, it is, and then right. he had a company, you know, that paid for uh, his work visa here, right, and stuff like that. And I was like, oh man, that sounds like the biggest mess in the world. And he's like, yeah, it's, it, it is. <laughs> so. Cool. Well, I appreciate you taking your time again. Is there anything that you wanted to talk about before we go? Uh, no. Again, uh, yeah, I can do. Uh, you can do the uh, do a shout out to my girlfriend's um, uh, big cartel page. Uh, I give her a shout out. Yeah, uh, Sereya Melissa, big cartel. Check out her stuff. Really cool. Uh, I heard that you reached out to her regarding. Uh, uh, a drawing as well. Yeah. I wanted to do a commission for mm-hmm. something related. Like she does, she does that pinup stuff and she does it yeah. so well. My mm-hmm. girlfriend isn't into that like pinup girl aesthetic. So I was trying to think of a way, like how could I have her do something for her that still fits into what my girlfriend is into and have them kind of like match up. And I was mm-hmm. trying to come up with ideas and I reached out to her and then like the actual idea of like, it's fucking October. And I had reached out to her a while ago, but it, 
it's like, how much time do we have to actually get this done combined with what exactly do I want her to do? Because Mm -hmm. I I noticed I was like throwing out ideas in my head and it's like, I don't want to bombard her with like, what about this? What about this? What about this? And it's like, let me get my shit together of what I want her to do. Mm -hmm. And then. Because I know she has done like tons of portraits and stuff like that. That's not specifically pinup style as well. So whenever I do, if we're talking about tattoos or art commissions, I know that people will say like, Oh, I'll do anything. Like as long as I can do it, I'd be happy to do it. But it's like, I want you to do something that you want to do that. I know that you Mm -hmm. enjoy. I get it. I don't want to just, I get it. Especially with tattoos. Like you take a tattoo idea to somebody that doesn't want to do it. And you can tell while they're doing it, that they don't want to be doing this. (laughs) And it's like, this is going to be on me. Could you please like act excited? (laughs) And then I just gave up and decided like in the future with art related shit, I'm going to get what, if that person has a specific thing that they do, Mm -hmm. I want to get something in that specific thing, you know? Mm, so I yeah, I guess I didn't really mm. keep in touch with her about it, but it's still out there as something that I want to do, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to waste her time with my non-concrete idea, you know? <laughs> Cause I know she was really up for it. So I'll find something. I'll come up with something eventually. I'm sure. sure. It's cool to keep everything like in your network. Yeah. You know? yeah and so like you have a girlfriend that's doing art related shit. Like I, sh- I want to support that. You, mm-hmm. know, you, Oh yeah. So thank you for, you know, the Patreon contribution. So yeah, like, your contribution will help pay for her artwork. Yeah. <laughs> so even you, <laughs> you, you play a role in it. Money will invest. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but, I, you know, I've got another friend that does comics and stuff and he does it mm. for a living and I try to support him. Mm-hmm. Especially doing shit like this, you realize how little people actually want to support you doing it. Makes it oh, really yeah. obvious when someone else that you see is trying to build something or do something. It's like, I can support that. You know, I can spend 50 bucks, a hundred bucks. I can help. So it's much cooler to be like, Hey, this is a gift from Gozu's girlfriend. This isn't just a gift from someone on Etsy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a connection here of people. And it's Mm -hmm. like, that's super cool. Yeah. I definitely agree. Oh, is the Swedish tradition of, the dad's first name plus son being the last name still a thing? No. Okay. So your last name has nothing to do with that old like Viking tradition or wherever that tradition came from? No, no. Okay. Uh, I okay. I have one of the most common last names oh, in okay. Sweden. <laughs> Are there countries that still use that? Mm, I don't know. I know... I know I heard it somewhere that when they kind of add more last names, 
on kids and then they push one of them into becoming their kind of middle name and stuff like that. But it's, it's like, you that's know, wild. longest name ever. So like, I mean, I gave my kids the longest name ever, but that's, you know, on purpose. <laughs> Pick one. It's like, I have five. So narrow it down. Do they have five, five names? Four each. Four, four. Okay. That's cool though. So three, you know, four, you know, horror-related fancies, and then one uh, family name each. Um, cool. One is from my mom's side, and one is from my dad's side. Do they not have y- your last name? Yes, they have my last name. Okay, okay. But that last so they, name is from your mother's side? Uh, the, the last name is from my, my dad's side. Uh, I, but I, okay. So I was, I was born with a different last name, and then my parents got uh, married, so I changed my last name then. Okay, gotcha. But gotcha. The, the so they have you know the you know the first name and then the the rest is like middle names. You just pick pick the one that suits you the best as you as you grow up. Yeah, I mean I have one that I've chosen so the first name, but I know you can switch out later, and I know you can your first name in Sweden can be like almost anything as long as it's kind of not offensive. I know this was this one guy. His name first name was like. Spider-Man or whatever. So it's like whatever you want, man. <laughs> as long as it's not offensive, they're like, yeah, whatever. Everyone. Man, it's it really minus the male. It sounds like a <laughs> yeah. very easygoing place to live. I mean, as long as you don't like things from other countries, it's fine. <laughs> keep it Swedish. Yeah, keep it Swedish, it's fine. <laughs>